0: Welcome to another episode of The True Exact Show. I got my friend Eric, Brian here, and I am joined by a special guest. And I mean very special. This man is a legend out on the West Coast or just in rap in general. Thesaurus, two-time world rap champion, two-time scribble jam champ, by the way. Um, Thesaurus, you were nice enough to come on, man. What we like to do out here on the East Coast is, you know, get some of the battle rappers we grew up watching. You're probably the reason I it took me three years to graduate a two-year college because I used to sneak in to the college. <laughs> You 2007 World Rap Championship, So, uh, if my parents are watching, blame him down there, not me. That's super fire. <laughs> I was at, I did the
1: same thing with junior college. It took me three years to finish junior college as well. So don't don't trip. We're in the same boat. Thank you. All right, you're probably a little yeah. more successful, but it is what it is. Yeah, so. a lot. Battling had a lot to do with like why it was delayed, but it also had a lot to do. Like junior college had a lot to do with why I like started taking battling more seriously. Mm. And then more opportunities started presenting them or started presenting themselves. And I was like, well, then fuck, I'm only going to take two classes this semester so that I don't have to worry about like, you know, having to bounce on a full workload if something un, like unrefusable passes up or uh, like presents itself, you know?
0: Right. So what we want to ask though, is like, uh, we don't know your story as far as like we watch your battles, you know, since you know, spin the mic even, uh, back in 06. Right. So like, right. how did you get into it, man? How'd you get started out there?
1: Basically, my hometown, I'd say I was probably, when I first started freestyling, I was probably like 16, something like that. I was like a sophomore, junior in high school. Had a friend in high school that I would rap with. And there was a thing in my hometown that happened every week called Freestyle Friday, where it was like a bunch of the older hip hop heads or in like at the time were older, you know, they were probably like later teens or early 20s and shit. But a lot of people that I'm still like really close with to this day but um, they would go down to a certain area in uh, the, the town that I grew up in, in Monterey, California, like in the Bay area and, or like central coast. Mm-hmm. And they would have either people would be beatboxing and they would be freestyling or someone would have a boom box and they would just rap over instrumentals. And I would just like go down there every week and listen to it. And I was like, absolutely blown away by it. I thought it was something I could do. And then the thing itself started picking up some more momentum so they eventually got booked to where it was like now they had a weekly venue for it to take place and that enabled us to bring in our boys who were djs so we had two sets of turntables people spinning instrumentals and then we had like four mics and we would just get up and freestyle do four bar trade-offs and eight bar and ask for topics from the crowd and freestyle stories and shit like that And I was just soaking it in and then eventually one night I was just like, you know, I got to like see if I'm built for this, like see if this is something I'm made of. And at this point I'm probably 18 or something like that. I was like, I got to see if I can actually hang with the big dogs. So I like, jump in the mix and basically just like shut shit down (laughs) like (laughs) ridiculously and they were sort of like yo what have you been waiting for because up until that point i had really just freestyled like with my close friends i I really didn't want to get like shot i what i didn't want to have happen was to get battled by one Mm. of the big one of the big dogs who i've been looking up to you know but like one of my best friends, Steve, who at the time he went by Invincible Steve or IS, he was like the dude at the time. And he like came up to me afterwards and was like, yo man, that was ridiculous. You need to be doing something with this. So then once I had like validation from him, it was like, okay, let's start taking this a little more seriously. But still this is like, 2000. I graduated high school in 99. This is still, this is pre YouTube. This is pre eight mile. So I can't, I mean, I'm entering like ciphers, open mics, things like that. Anything that I can really get like comfortable with my craft and be able to perform for people. And that was what led me to go into junior college. And I was like, fuck, I need to take an elective to keep me interested in showing up here every day. So I decided to take theater acting to get more comfortable on stage and then ended up being like really like, I kind of like excelled in that field as well. So I ended up, that's what I ended up like working on for my degree. My associates was theater acting and directing. And uh, then we had the eight mile boom, so to speak, uh, yeah, which was what, like no mm-hmm. two or something like that. Once that happened, all of a sudden there was, it wasn't just like one or two like noteworthy, Battles My, taking place a year. It was like any venue in a town that had a hip hop yeah. scene was I have booking to, battles and it, for, you know, for any amount of money. And that's how, that's how I got into it. I have that's
0: to true. tell you too, like that wasn't, I want to know how it was out there. Cause uh, out here in New Jersey, literally I, me personally, Brian, even we walked Word. out of eight mile and we are like, I want to battle. So like you mm-hmm. would go you Yo, would go to parties. So, you would go yeah. to parties and be oh, battling. Was a
1: party MC. Yo, that yeah. was like my sh- before battling became a real thing, that was what me and my friends did. Once I like got in with the Circle, the like the Freestyle Friday crew, mm-hmm. who are now, to the, even to this day, it's like family to me. And But we would just show up at parties around town and people we didn't know. And like some of the area that we grew up in, it's like very upper crusty, like Pebble Beach, California mm-hmm. is a very upper, it's like a yeah. gated upper 1% community type of shit. Yeah. But some of these kids who are living there are going like, They, you know, they're, they're going there. We were partying in these absurd rap video mansions (laughs) and we would just show up and someone who was there would be like, oh shit, like the rappers are here. You got to let these guys through, like get these guys a cup for the keg, get these guys whatever. So we were like the entertainment wherever they went or wherever we went type of shit, you know what I'm saying? And then once I had like, venues and outlets to be able to to battle in it was an absolute game changer when eight mile dropped i actually like i told pretty much like all of my friends who didn't rap i was like yo i gotta go see this like solo for the first time i see it because i was i was like yo i'm not trying to like be a dick or anything but like i'm not i'm gonna process this differently than you guys and I want to do that like at my own accord, type of shit, you know. Right. Yeah. So I went and so I mean I left like blown away. I was like, "Fuck, I need to yeah. go merc somebody right now." And then like by that, I mean the Bay Area in California in general. As soon as something like that hit, and venues realized it was a profitable venture,
0: yeah,
1: game over. People mm-hmm. are throwing but even you know two hundred fifty bucks, five hundred bucks, and then the big ones every month or two for like a thousand plus wherever they were, and then. I think 2002 or O three, an event happened in Santa Cruz. It was the first like organized battle that I ever went to. And that was where I met Tantrum for the first time. Right. And we battled in the finals of that event and we ended up going like seven or eight rounds he just had as many bars as i did mm-hmm. and we we're just like yo let's just split the money and it was something you know 150 bucks a piece or something like that but it was like okay cool now i've like sort of established myself in this area in santa cruz which was like just up the coast for me had a had more of a hip-hop scene because i was from a very small town and then uh that really started opening some doors. Then I heard about Tourette's without regrets. Like shortly after that, once I heard about that and started going up there, I was like, "Oh, okay, this is like where where we like find out if we can really hang with the yeah. Bay Area OGs and shit." The Guys like Arukusaki, Infinite. But yeah. well, you battled uh, him a couple of times, Arukusaki, right? Multiple Not times. Every- the first time I went up there, he beat me. He was like, yeah. "They're like." There, he was their king. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Six or seven time defending champion, and he fucking beat me. And I was just like, "Fuck!" But Jamie De the dude who throws that event, mm-hmm. like, still to this day throws Tourettes without regrets. He's probably like one of the three most influential people for me as far as be as far as me being where I am today. He's one of the three most responsible right. people for sure because yeah. he did as soon as he saw me even i lost to a Rugusaki, and he's like yo you got to come back here you're an absolute animal you need to come back he went back the next month and i beat like five former champions in a mm-hmm. row to win like my first title mm-hmm. and then people are like yo who is this alien like juggernaut yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying i was the first person who was mixing like Ref, it, i wasn't just making reference disses i was making comparison disses but the per, like the name of the person rhymed with the comparison yeah. which people had not seen yet up until that point it was you look like so and so a crackhead version of so and so yeah you know what i'm saying and then i come in and i'm like jeered like james vanderbeek on eight grams of tweak yeah. and people are like wait what <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the, even at the time, I didn't realize what I was doing, you know. I knew I was doing something unique, but I didn't realize I was like literally setting the standard at the time. Yeah.
0: You know? they, uh, the Rugasaki battle, I think, if I recall, I remember watching that a long time ago, you called him the splinter or something and he flipped it on you and said like, yeah. Rugasaki was the shredder and I'm the bad one who's better. I remember watching that. So something like yeah. that. Battle. I mean, we have, I battled <clears throat>
1: him literally six or yeah. seven times we have some crazy back and forth with each other.
0: But your eight mile story is way better than my movie because uh, my movie encounter, because I went with my cousin who had to bring me when she was 18 at the time. And it was weird. awkward during the sex scene where we kind of had to like not make eye contact with each other. Yeah. <laughs> Even that, that scene itself is hella
1: awkward too, though, yeah. Because yeah. there's like no music. It's Nothing. just all like very yeah. breathy and shit. It's yep. still to this day, I'm like, that's a weird scene. You know yeah. what I'm saying? R.I.P. Brittany op- a- Murphy, but that's op- a weird scene.
2: Yeah. yeah, an acapella sex scene is very awkward. I'll yeah, be- you
1: feel me? Especially <laughs> in a movie with such a dope soundtrack to begin with. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the, the whole, the core of the movie is hip hop music. Like bro, you could put something behind that and yeah. you know, there's so many different <laughs> things you could have. You, it's, I mean, there's a big song on the soundtrack. You could have put like mm. anything similar behind it. Brian, did you have a question?
3: Yeah, so I'm not, I mean, I, I know battle rap, but I'm not as well versed as Scott is. Scott's a lot Word. deeper into it. Um, but I remember, like, the first people that I ever saw was you and Ilmac. Word. When you were doing, like, the tag team battles. like. Oh, that. yeah, for sure. Now, when when did he come into the picture?
1: So the first time we ever met was 2005. I knew who he was for a couple years prior because he had, like, developed some Legitimate hype for himself. He started winning battles in like oh one or oh two in Portland. We had some like mutual friends. He won Scribble in oh four
0: at sixteen, right?
1: He was seventeen when Crazy. he won Scribble, for which different. is absolutely insane. And he it's beat insane. Swan and Mac Lethal. And yeah, yeah, Mac <laughs> <What>? Lethal. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you? Like, you know what I'm saying? Who, bro? That's so insane. I remember I was in Greece at the time. Like, I was I was on an island in Greece. I used to go there every summer and uh i was just chilling they had i was at like this little pub called the fun pub where you can go and watch movies i knew all the staff so i was drinking beers with the staff and they had internet there it was like straight internet cafe this is you know still a time where it was was everything's dial-up speed and whatnot (laughs) so i go on to like the old rap com forums just to check in on battle rap because I'd been out of touch with the world for a month. And I see that that day, Mac had won Scribble, and I was like, yo, this is
2: crazy. Yeah.
1: So I hit him, then we started chopping up just over like AOL Instant Messenger, which is some OG shit for yeah. sure. Oh, we're showing then, all of our age here. <laughs> and then 2005, an event hit the Bay Area called Mind Games. That a dude named Philip Drummond threw, or that's what he went by at the time. Okay, isn't and that a different strokes? Yeah, well, I was good. That was the that was his alias that he went by. <laughs> <laughs> this dude, Philip Drummond, aka Elliot, the homie for sure, another OG pioneer of the battle scene. This dude to this day has like the largest old school video or DVD archive of battle rap footage from like O one to O six, all freestyle era mm-hmm. before. It was standardized for everything to be recorded and before people had yeah. fucking camera phones, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So this guy was just the like the infinite wealth of footage. Him and another dude in the Bay Area put on the mind games event. It was a one-on-one or there was like a regular battle 32-man tournament. First place was two racks. And then there was a tag team tournament. And Ilmac had already confirmed that he was coming down for the regular tournament. I was confirmed doing it as well. And uh we were just sort of like chopping it up on instant messenger and i was like yo like has anybody talked to you about doing the two on two yet and he's like no why are we trying to just ambush everybody and i'm like let's do it and just not say anything until the day of so then i ended up like picking him up from the airport he flew down from portland I picked him up like from the airport the morning of the event. It was the first Mm -hmm. time we ever met. And I just like rolled up a couple of blunts and (laughs) started just like smoking and freestyling in my car and sort of just like feeling out the pace of of the other person's cadence and whatnot. And I mean, it's pretty simple. We were just like, let's try to just four bar trade off as much as we can, you know? Mm -hmm. And then we ended up losing in the final four of the tag team tournament to the team who eventually won it, a team from Arizona called Rockin' Callus. And, and uh, I ended up losing in the finals of the one-on-one battle to Franco, and Ilmac lost in the final four to Franco, like the round before. Wow. And he kind of got, got jerked, but, I mean, whatever. It is what it is Franco what, what? definitely, like, legitimately yeah. beat me. But uh, Ilmac beat Franco in the first regular rounds, but then they made them go to overtime and Franco just kind of like smoked the OT.
0: Right, but you and OMAC went off each other like better. You know how, first of all, I have to say, I actually told, I interviewed Chase Moore on here and I told him yeah. how I found out about you and OMAC. So I was very like East Coast prideful, right, in 2006. Word? And somebody messaged me, they go, I want to say it was this dude, remzon aim, right? So- okay. He was like, Look at these two West Coast dudes crush these East Coast dudes and I think it was Don P and Sage Badweather. Oh yeah. So oh yeah. I That's... click I click on it and I'm like, no way. Like and you and Omac just slaughtered him. I go, Oh my God. To where like I I went to jump off that TV and I just started fucking watching all of them and so, you, cyanide emergency right? yeah so like, cyanide well, you wouldn't cyanide around. was around
1: recently cyanide really? was apparently at the event where I battled Marv one for iBattle just like in January really yeah wow. which is crazy yeah like, I, I mean, had no idea
0: yeah so Fair. like you you just breezed through the competition I think the only ones who kind of gave you a problem a bit were um, I think Mad Ill's, and Parable, Matt Ill's right? and Parable were the only team that yeah. like made it competitive. But like the worst, was that your first time on the East Coast? Because it was in New York, uh, right? Um, battling? No, we, Spin the Mic was before that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cause the uh, Spin the
1: Mic, yeah. I feel like was my first, no, actually my first time battling on the East Coast was the MTV event that Rain Man won, the Def Jam MTV rap battle that Rain won. The one Locksmith lost him on? The, uh, exactly, yeah, exactly. The one where Marv won was on TV. So I made it through like three. They, they. Okay, so the first one happened. I went to that in New York. That was like maybe 2,000. I go out there, you had to wait in line, and they were accepting the first 1,000 people in line. So people were waiting overnight. I started waiting at like 4 in the morning. The line was already like two or three hundred people deep. I basically battled my way to the front 25 of the fucking line. Yeah. But then, right when they're about to open up shop and let the first thousand people in, someone in the very back of the line pulls a strap out and starts waving it like, well, I know I'm getting my place in line. <laughs> so everybody starts running. The next thing you know, the line was set up like serpentine style with like the like the metal fences set up. This, that, all the fences just collapse over onto like five different rows of a few hundred people. It was so ridiculous. And so that event ends up getting canceled. We all end up flooding out into the street of Times Square. I'm like tripping out like, yo, the biggest... Oper- what, maybe I mean, at the time I was looking at it like this is the biggest opportunity in mm-hmm. my, my life. It was like 2000 or 2001. I wanted to make something of myself, and I was like, I can do this. I can beat these people, type of shit. And it, it ends up getting canceled because it turns into like a riot. <laughs> I'm like in the middle of the street wondering what's going on. Next thing you know, my fucking, oh, I have the old school brick Nokia phone. That shit rings. My friend call. It's my friend calling me. He saw. He sees it on the news as it's happening. He's like, "Yo, are you in the middle of Times Square right now?" And I'm like, "Yeah." How do you know that? And he's like, "Bruh, the helicopters circling. You guys are covering it on the news." Oh, it's so crazy. So then I go back a year later. Awesome. I, get, I had to like apply and qualify.
0: Right. Go
1: back a year later. They accept my application because I had won like some local battles at the time. I get through, I think they accepted a 1,000 apps or something like that. Then they had the eight radio winners. Marv Warren was one of those guys. So was Locksmith. Yeah. And uh, I get through whatever it was, three or four rounds of preliminary shit. Uh, first thing, I had to spit a 16 just right off top for like the audition crew. They're like, okay, you're into the next round. Then I had to battle some random dude. Okay, next step of the process. Then... I had to battle like the casting guy or something along those lines. It was like basically the dude who was determining whether or not I was going to be on the air. And I guess for whatever reason, he just wasn't feeling it. And I remember being hella salty because literally the person who was next to me in line, who went in right after me, was the person who ended up losing first round on TV to Marv Wong.
3: Oh and What, was, I remember what was that person? So- What was that person's Uh, credentials that they could choose like that?
1: I'm probably something to do with either Def Jam or MTV. I mean, it was a Def Jam contest. Yeah. So I I assume... It's like a scout or someone, an A&R or something like that. Someone who works high enough for Def Jam. Because what they're looking for is potentially the next Def Jam artist. Yeah, yeah. 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 And Realistic, especially at the time. I was like a 19-year-old kid. I other words, I don't think I fit that mold. I, I would have won the battle if yeah. they would have just put me in the tournament, I would have won the battle. If you looked at but you and Rain yeah,
0: you and Rain Man, I don't think you were fitting the mold of what Death Jam really wanted.
1: And <laughs> that's like one of my favorites of all time in yeah. this day is right. His run through that is still mm-hmm. so fire to
0: me. That's Shout crazy. We God. actually just uh we did an interview with Locksmith like a week ago. So that's so, crazy oh, how, these good people. That's really crazy good people. how this like coincided like that, man. Yeah. Did he talk about battle rap at all? He, he yeah. talked about we that specific that event. Like Duh, I didn't, I didn't fine. know you. Yeah, I didn't know you were on it. Though I really didn't even know you were a part of that. That's crazy. Funny story.
1: The like, not. I mean, it it involves me and in locksmith, but nothing crazy. But I remember this was shortly. At, I believe he had just battled Diz, maybe he had also just battled Pass. Like things were looking good for him, hmm. rap battle wise, in grind time. And I remember Lush was like, "Yo," he came to the event where I was battling, dumbfounded. And this is before me and Dumb battled, and Lush is like, yo, like it's him, it's Locke and EA Ski who came through. And Lush is just like, yo, like, thank you guys so much for coming through. We definitely got to book you another battle at the next Bay Area event for sure. And Locke was like, yeah, I got like a couple of people on my radar, type of shit. You know what I'm saying? And then me and Dumbfounded happens, and I just, I mean, in the building, I. I bodied dumbfounded. In the I, I
0: think that and, was, by, by the way, his people probably still hate you for that battle. The, foot, <laughs> the I mean, yeah, yeah, you can just check the YouTube it's, comments. They hate yeah. me. It's,
1: it's, they yeah. hate.
0: But in the building, I
1: landslided him. Yeah. And I remember great. right after it happens, like they go up to Lush and they're like, the next battle will not be against the Soros. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you thought are, that was, that's super fire. Like, I'll never forget respect, the coin. You know I, I'll so? never
0: forget the coin toss on that. Where, like he said the wrong thing, and you were like, Oh, yeah, and I'm hey, like, you I check. Your eyes check, and then I'll never forget <laughs> satire just goes, What an asshole! Like, <laughs> what, an oh, asshole. Just honest, what an asshole! The most what an asshole! That thing. was like
1: vintage me for yeah, sure.
0: Uh, I have to ask you so. In 06, you win the, you beat a uh, Zest and uh, Rain uh, on the yep. rooftop and shit. Um. So 07 was like a different format. Uh, you were battling all day and all night, and there was more rounds, more divisions. Um, and you kind of breezed through that one too.
1: It was crazy. The now, thing
0: is, was it a little th- less organized though, because there was more people? You think? Uh, yeah, it felt a little
1: less organized, but. We knew knew it was significantly larger regardless of that. We knew that our big advantage was having already gone through it once. We knew how to pace ourselves to be good the entire day instead of like gassing out in one or two battles or something like Mm -hmm. that, which is what a lot of teams did. And uh, we just would just sit back. We used our downtime to just assess the competition and come up with ideas. like, okay, we can say that to them next time. Okay, we can say that to them when we battle them. And we would just sort of lot, like, different shit people were saying throughout the day to get a reaction. It's always going to, like, keep sparking thought. The only thing that was whack about it is that, like, our fuel, it was, like, a 10-hour day. Yeah. And our fuel for the day was fucking, like, Pepsi water and Kirkland pizza from Costco, (laughs) it's like,
0: yo, man,
1: we need, for that long of a day, we need some better fuel for sure, especially for a competition where so much is at stake, like, endgame-wise, you know? If you want the best result, you've got to properly, like, fuel the...
0: I always wonder how the teammates got formed in that one. Like, obviously, you and Ilmak, but, like, how does, how does a guy, I don't want to bash rhetoric, but like, how does a guy like NoCan not get They're, a be,
1: like- They were Project Bloat, they were Project Bloat heads, I think no Can. Yeah. was, that's probably NoCan's choice to be yeah. honest. Yeah, cause like his- I mean, no knew, no knew he could, you know, he's, there's probably other options for him.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: at Would the you? same time, the other people from Project Bloat who had already paired up made perfect sense pairing together. Mm -hmm. And I think they had probably agreed to do it before No-Can was like, oh shit, 50 racks, I need to get in on this. Right, Because he was, without a question, even at the time. Like to me, No-Can was the best freestyle battler in the world, even at the time that that was going on. Even Mm -hmm. regardless of like me and Ill's accolades up until that point and shit. He was just fresh off of like winning Scribble. Fucking, he was, oh man.
0: I got to ask about Scribble Jim too cuz it doesn't exist anymore, right? It's it's Yeah, done. it's
1: pretty crazy how it's yeah. just yeah, how it's if you if you knew about it, you you know about it and if yeah. you didn't know then then you don't know now. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Now,
0: Real Deal said well, we had Real Deal on too and he Dope, said you were the up, most in, you are the most intimidating person he faced in that stage. How did you approach Scribble differently than these like battles? Like was it just oh, like? I, mean,
1: right. I honestly, the, like competition like that was. I thought that shit was like designed for me because my bread and butter was that shit. I came mm-hmm. from that format. That's what the whole Tourettes without Regrets format. When I was battling Aruku and everybody in the Bay, that that shit was just preparing me for shredding through Scribble. Because what a lot of people don't realize is, at the peak of Tourettes without Regrets era, just in the Bay Area. We're looking at 16 to 32 MCs in the battle, and it's gonna be me, Lush, Passwords, potentially guys like Ilmac, Franco, Frank Jones, Old Man Miller, who was dope back in the day, Delor, who was like an OG, who battled in grind time as well, and who was a really good freestyle battler, Kodiak, rest in peace, uh, Bull Rat. We had so many heavyweights just in the Bay Area alone that just sparring with each other on a weekly and monthly basis like kept the, the swords as sharp as can be. And when I'm battling in the finals of that, I wasn't facing anyone who is necessarily like much tougher than anyone I've already battled. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's not gonna be a lot of people that are gonna be tougher for me to beat than Passwords or Franco period, in freestyle battling, you know what I'm saying? So when I go somewhere and it's like someone I have never even seen or heard before, there's really no reason for me to sweat it. I remember in 08, the second year I won, the lineup of people that I battled to beat, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, it's like a Hall of Fame lineup. I go, Sunny Bamboo, Fresco, Kid Twist, Tantrum No Can Do, for the Jeez. title. <laughs> That's we actually- that's a lineup.
0: We actually just watched your uh, fresco battle last week. Me and Eric over here. Lord, no We're one's seen him. the
1: freestyle battle where I beat him. No. And that he he'll even say too. He's even said in like an interview that the reason he wanted to beat me so badly when we battled uh, for King of the Dot was right. because I was like the first and I think maybe even only person. Who he ever lost to in a freestyle battle? Right. He was washing people in the Midwest, and just no one had seen anyone like him before. He was hella self-aware too, and it, like at the time, he looked a lot more uh, hipster. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Now he's just like clean cut, but uh, back then he was. He obviously had like the different hair and whatnot. He looked much more hipstery. And it threw people for a loop. People hadn't seen anyone like that, especially in the Midwest. People hadn't seen anybody rapping like that. He was serving fools. And I think I was the first person to, uh, like, clearly beat him in a
2: freestyle battle. Now,
3: I know well, that, was, that's like gone. that dude, not that I don't want to move from it too quick, but that's like that dude, Carter Deems. Yeah. Word. Yeah. Right? where oh, like, he, he does not fit like you look at him and you're like yeah. what the fuck is he about to he's say? such a curveball. and then he and then he kills people
0: he's unbeatable it's an he's like the human cheat guy. code it's so yeah. you, you yeah. can't you
1: just have to hope that you can like i battled him yeah and all you could really do is just hope to be entertaining enough to make the battle even remotely like debatable and then yeah. it's a win cuz yeah. he is so hard to beat he's yeah, hilarious you like exactly. can't root against him he's, he yeah. knows everything yeah. you're going to say to clown him so he clowns himself yeah and then he does the yeah. street shit too which is just even more funny oh i love that shit
3: yeah, it's just fan it's fan. so entertaining that it's almost like you can't not give it to him you know
2: absolutely yeah. what him,
3: him
1: I'm and glad that uh, he got the look on what's it on uh Wild Wild and out, and out, yeah. too. it's amazing yeah, yeah.
2: Him versus Illmac, he's like, I always want to give a Gnome 5. Oh, That's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> that,
0: that like that <laughs> literally shook the venue well, when it
2: happened.
0: Also, too, you were on the roof at that time, right? Again, in a that fight was. with I like, could <laughs> Feel outside. the venue shake. You're <laughs> like, what the f- Fuck
1: happened. Yeah. Just like oh, they dude. could feel the venue shake when disaster <laughs> choke slammed Billy.
0: I that's a saying. good segue though, Brian, because like the way Carter Deems is now, it almost shows the evolution of the, the rap battles. Cause like, you know, in 06 or when you were starting, you didn't have a guy like that really. Like it's almost like you, it was it's a harder to not break in the written
1: leagues. You had yeah. that, there were certain areas where you had characters like that and i re- i mean even in like oh two oh one oh two oh three that was like a time where you would see more st- there wasn't just like three to five cookie cutter styles that people chose from to use effectively like you see mm-hmm. today you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like you could be a different unique character back in the day, and it could work for you because you could just get by being yourself. In the scribble era, for sure, people were successful with that. Yeah. But once, I think, once the grind time, the thing is with the timing of the grind time era starting is that it started and was sort of built around a time where me and Ilmak had just displayed for the last couple years, what the like air quote winning formula yeah. was. you know what i'm saying so people were like well and if this is going to be judged yeah even less reason to step in there and take risk and be a a risky character to risk losing is how a lot of people looked at it you know what i'm saying there it was mostly just like "Fuck, i want to win this is what it takes to win battles these days this is the standard these guys have set so people sort of strayed away from it i think the first person that made it clear that you didn't have to do that was dumbfounded. Yeah. He just instantly started going, all his battles started going viral. Uh, the next thing you know, he had like his own YouTube that was popping as fuck and like mm-hmm. bigger than the grind time YouTube and shit. He was the first person to really show people like, nah, you don't have to follow the cookie cutter mold. You can still be, yourself. but your
0: formula I mean. transcended all the way to the East Coast too. Because they, don't oh use yeah, that. for like, sure. and I there's saw still people who like use yeah. it to
1: this day, it's bro. Wild. When I
0: saw you guys with the whole like this, the multi stuff. When we started battling at parties, we, like I was utilizing mm-hmm. that. Like honestly, oh yeah, for sure. Just, like rode the pipe motorbike. I know I'm hyped. You know what I mean. So it's that type of formula? And you yeah. saw it with Waps and Juice from New York. Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. They were like the.
0: They were one of the
1: clearest cases. I feel. I feel like just the majority of teams the second year in yeah. general. Yes. You saw yeah. the influence that we had yeah. from one year to the next. It was mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, it we was. even sat like once footage started coming out from every region. Like what their battles were looking like, we were like, "Yo, what the fuck did we start?" Yeah.
0: Like, we and need to be.
1: Everybody in the finals is going to be trying to do the same thing. You know that's what? That's why like
0: Kid Twist, when he battled you, it was a great line. Where he said, "I blame you for Frankie Waps and Jay's juice. and for that, I hate you." I hate Not you, to, yeah. not to <laughs> knock them because it was kind of like I felt bad for them because they were in the building. Are we ever? Do you ever find found out who stole the tapes from seven or no? I well, I
1: battled Marv on iBattle in January, and we talk about it.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah. All right, so I could go find out. Like, yeah, oh yeah,
1: for sure. Like, know, Marv, 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 like basically <laughs> in the battle says he did, but there's he's still very cryptic about it. So, really? Yeah. There's still like uh, sort of room for <laughs> imagination, I guess.
0: iBattle is <laughs> battle is, uh, is uh, Lexisus, right? He actually just messaged me back a few days ago. So I do want to... This is the man. That's a really good
1: dude. Definitely someone you should interview. Like his battle rap knowledge in general is crazy. Uh, He's super passionate about like where the state of the scene is today and how we can improve it. How he can help improve it. He's... uh, He's like very strong in his opinions, but he's not wrong in many of them. So he's very like, this is the way it is. I, I just, uh, I, I like how Lex, uh, how Lex has grown over the years. He, I mean, he used to just battle. He used to just yeah. be
2: yep.
1: a battle rapper. And then once he took over, I battle because I battled like has existed since 2012, 2013, something like that. Whenever I battled Lee. Yeah. that was uh that's how long that league has been around but uh, lex hasn't owned it for longer than maybe three and a half years or something right. like that he started with like beast mode and then
2: uh eventually took
1: over that's the, the thing
0: shit. like i wish i could keep up as much as i did even me and brian used to watch a lot but it, you get older there's so many battlers it's like oh so for sure oh yeah. it's insane now. It's, it's so crazy. hard to keep up. But when did you realize it was hitting like the level it was? So you had grind time. Obviously, uh, organic started king of the dot. Yeah, the elements yep. league up there in Canada, and it all kind of merged. And like, at what battle was it the disaster DNA one where Drake was there, or was it before that when you were like? That oh, was
1: a, that was pretty big. I feel like even we. I think even when dumbfounded and tantrum battled, once that went viral. I think that was when we realized like that, I mean, that was just grind time, but that was the first million view grind time battle. Mm -hmm. That shit went absolutely haywire. Mm -hmm. That was the first battle that really did numbers that we were like, oh, wow, this is something like this isn't, this is no longer just like, Hey, we're going to throw some events and have some fun with our friends. Like this is, this could be something, you know? And then I think just year by year, the way that it's grown, it just yeah. kind of like the bar keeps being reset. Mm. Now Smack just continues like resetting the level
0: yeah.
1: with uh, these like different app deals and fucking you know all the streaming services and whatnot. It's insane. Mm.
3: Now I got I got to hold on hold on one second. I gotta ask this. Yeah. Take away, take away what he did before he started. Who do you think won, Joe Budden and Hollow to Don?
1: Hollow for sure. I don't think it was even. I don't think it's even like a very close battle. I think Joe t- was trying to please the battle rap audience yeah. more than he was trying to be Joe Budden.
3: He was trying to sway the crowd.
1: Yeah, and it's yeah. like, what? Well, you're Joe Budden, man. You
0: just be you. You know yeah, what I'm saying? His, his this is on tracks are incredible. To at least yeah, it's way, it's, he's him. way better
2: yeah. on for sure. No question. Jane and his life was one of my favorite. One of my yeah this
0: record yeah so as far as like just bars on like written verses with bt is amazing um i have to ask when i don't i don't want to bring it up but like uh the diaz po rich battle now uh, When they brought up what they brought up about your your father um now do you get more mad at that because you're not you don't have the camaraderie with them as to where pat stated it you kind of know Pat stay a little more or did it just no
1: i've actually been cool with rich for a long time it yeah. just uh pat, the thing here, the difference really for me is pat hit me up like before we even battled and was like yo like i just want to give you a heads up on this like obviously we've always been cool i'm not trying to have anything pop off at the event yeah. I've been a little lazy with my writing and this is some of the material that I have basically. And Pat, like, Pat giving me the heads up alone, I'm like, okay, I can respect that. And I, I was just like, well, now at least I know that I don't even have to listen when he's rapping. Mm-hmm. And I told him straight up, I was like, if that's what you're going to do, then it's not going to be enough to win. And that's that. But the way the way like Rich did it though, to me, it was just like, yo, uh, like he was trying to get a reaction for right. sure he, and it's mm-hmm. unfortunate that he succeeded on like on you know it's unfortunate that i reacted and, and they succeeded basically because i feel like minus that uh the battle probably doesn't get voted the way it does the thing that irks me about that shit though is just we still like the judge's decision was never on camera like with every single judged kotd battle the judge's decisions are on camera following the battle except for that one
2: Mm.
1: where it just so happens like a small pile of money is on the line you know what i'm saying it's like well yo i at least want to know why they think we lost because if you're just going on material it's not remotely close it's not in the same hemisphere it really wasn't and like i mean I, i have personally not gone back and even watched the battle like mm-hmm. it's been over four years yeah. or something like maybe five longer, years. Maybe longer, maybe longer, honestly. Oh no, since I've watched it. It's oh, been at since least, you like, five it, yeah. years since I've watched it. But mm-hmm. I know that it hasn't aged favor. Their material, there's no way it's aged favor. Right, it was
2: so bland.
0: Now, I know Eric asked this a lot. Like, we always wonder, like, how do you guys sit there and take that? Like, Eric asked me all the time, Do you think you could have ever gotten into it? How do you how? And I go, honestly, I don't know if I could sit there and take some of the shit that was said to me. You're just like, <laughs> letting really go.
2: The, about your, dude, the dude was talking about your daughter, and you're just sitting there, like, How do you not want to just like, you, know, uh, you want like to I for sure? You, you definitely like want to. You have to, there's
1: multiple things to look at, though. You got, first of all, Am I willing to not get paid over what's being said right now? Second, am I willing yeah. to not only not get paid for that, but potentially burn that bridge for good, okay. which yeah. then could yeah. start a then you you sort of get looked at as a liability. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I, yep. it, to, I don't work a nine to five. I play cards and I rap. I can't just cut yep. out like an entire stream of income for myself. I mean, you have to be able to laugh at yourself regardless. Whenever people cross, the the thing is that that I always look at, everybody has their own line. So while I won't cross a certain line when I battle somebody, that doesn't mean that they're not going to, and because of like the nature of the sport of what we're doing doesn't necessarily mean they're wrong just because i don't agree with it you know what i'm saying like if someone feels like it's a battle i'm gonna say what i'm gonna say okay that's cool i'm just gonna tune it out because i know what type of person does that type of shit you know what i'm saying and then i'm just gonna think about like damn after this like we're gonna have hella fun yeah you know Uh, like you just find a better place to it's just there's so many potential negatives that c- you can create with just one like snap it's not worth it. it's not worth it's really it. not worth it especially at this yeah. point like it's just it is especially, you know, especially uh,
0: with all the leagues going on like you're you're risking the london league the australia league so like you yeah i'm trying world, i'm right? still trying to see the world and yeah. you know what
1: i'm saying i'm not the last thing i'm trying to do is have anybody have to like second guess like yo he's a little hot-headed we can't have any of that shit, you know yeah. Yeah, i mean people know anybody who's booked me knows i'm like the easiest person to book and get along with and I'm very easy to deal with as far as like accommodations and shit like that Mm -hmm. as long as I'm aware of what's going on we're straight like I'm I'm such a non headache for leagues to deal with I'm very easy going and I mean a lot of that is because I solely like I'm lucky enough to not have to 100% rely on battling so it's like more of a bonus for me it's just like oh it's like a dope like part-time job right. it's like a well-paying part-time job <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. i just gotta ask really quick you could say yes or no and then we'll move on immediately you and i are in solomon will it ever happen again or no
1: probably not i mean it's not on me it's with that uh, king of the dots tried to book it five times and at least five mm-hmm. times and, and it's he just, says he no won't every do it? single time yeah he says no every time <sighs> which is weird wow. because wow. he's told me he wanted to do it and he like called me out in multiple battles mm-hmm. so it's strange to me that's so weird
0: all we yeah, have yeah. is you and him outside outside of spin the mic for like three minutes right like yeah. that is it that's the for only 50 place. bucks
2: each yeah <laughs> um so yeah, to, to, to piggyback oh go ahead. no go on, go on go ahead i was saying say uh to piggyback off scott's last question um like how brutal the arc form is Do you think if it gets bigger and mainstream, it might lose a little bit of that because of like the PC culture movement and even comedians now are kind of like getting in trouble, like because I was watching some battles today from like ten years ago, dudes are throwing you know the f word around, like like you know, so some things like that will have definitely
1: aged rather poorly. Um, I it's something that I've eliminated out of my battles as well. Like you'll notice after maybe. 2014 or something i think was the last battle i dropped one in because you reached a point where it was just pointless to do and it it, it does stunt the growth absolutely stuff like that but i also have to look at it like sort of similar to stand-up comedy where it is one of the last few even more so maybe than comedy because of the nature of it because the nature of it is to break your opponent down by whatever means you define that i think it's like one of the very few remaining uh safe spaces for free speech at that level and there's still shit that you can avoid there's there's things that are just plain lazy that you don't need to say to convey your point there's more creative ways than just dropping the f-bomb nowadays especially you know what i'm saying you can like you yeah, can tastefully yeah. still have a gay joke for someone and make it work as long as you're doing it the yeah. right way and i think that's cool like that shows the creative levels that people are willing to take it to which is good i think the key is it has to be for, for it to take the next step which i guess would probably be some sort of like televised shit, something like that unless it hits a bigger streaming service amazon prime or uh, or netflix or something but if it were to hit some sort of tv network it has to be uncensored
2: right you can't
1: oh,
3: you can't censor you cannot
0: limit it no. you just I, can't at all i've been wondering this for like 11 please. years yeah i've been wondering this 11 years like i think a like an x a serious xm channel of just battles would be phenomenal that'd be super i think, dope dope I I think that would be amazing like there's a lot of
1: that, like king of the dot has a spotify station with really? most of their battles which is Perfect. pretty dope. Yeah, that's amazing. And, like, there's a couple other services I know that, that you can find uh, like battle rap audio for. But I also think like battling the the visual is still a course. Cool yes, it is very important. Yeah, yeah it is. The audio is oh, dope, yeah. especially if you're like, if you're big on like writing and whatnot, then yeah. the audio is super dope. But a lot of battlers, the visual presentation is what makes some of their material like better than it is, you know?
0: what i like about you is like it's it's you appreciate the sport like when you're uh, lost the uh fresco and you're just like, give that man a thousand like yeah. is, why is it so hard for a lot of battle rappers to just yeah you know, everyone's 35 and oh no one's yeah
1: ever lost. yeah it's, it's weird to me it's like nobody wants to admit defeat but it i, I mean especially at the like we're at a point now where it, they're not even judged yeah exactly so, yeah it's if someone if if i won or lost in someone's eyes they have their set of criteria that determines that Mm -hmm. that's you know what i'm saying that's all good with me i can't like uh, i think you can only grow from even being able to accept the fact that you lost in the first place that's only going to make you better in the long run because you'd be like well I don't want that to happen again. As good as I was, I don't want to allow someone to do that again type of shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. at the same time, I mean, for me for me personally, I've been dealing with that specific sort of thing from battlers for basically as long as I, I mean, since I started winning shit in like 05, 06. Yeah. Once I started winning stuff, every person I battled was going to give me their best. Mm -hmm. that's just how it was like especially once i like had my win streak in 06 then i won scribble and then me and ilmac won the first world rap championships from that point forward every battle 99 percent of the battles that i've had people are trying their best to beat me and it's just something i've had to accept and deal with and if i mean if someone gets the better of me on that day Whatever, it's all good. Like, in mean, long term, it's not that big a deal, yeah.
2: you
0: know? Me and Brian always talk about it. I know Brian's brought this up to other people we've had on. Uh, the longer format, do you prefer the shorter three-minute ones or the 50-minute battles?
1: I definitely don't, these days, have much time to watch an hour-long battle right. or a 45-minute battle. I remember, like, Disaster is probably my best friend in Battle Rap Yeah. and one of my closest friends in life, period. I walked out of the venue after the first round of him and SoulCon because it was so fucking long. It was yeah. their first rounds were each like 14 minutes or something like that. And I might even be underselling it. They both could have very well been longer than that. But either way, I was just like, yo, I, I can't stand yeah. here and watch this. Like, I prefer <laughs> personally when I get booked, I'm going for like between 90 or between a minute and a half and two and a half something like that i'll do three minute rounds if somebody's like a big stickler for it if i were to battle iron solomon or or some a battle of that much significance i think three minute rounds probably makes sense for sure but Mm -hmm. for me like i don't feel the need in like dragging on these long ass battles the majority of my battles are between like 17 and 24 minutes or something like yeah. that and it's very they're easy to watch super digestible you can watch it without feeling like you're <laughs> over committed for the you know what i'm saying yeah. it's watching an episode of workaholics yeah. it's not. It's yeah now
3: yeah. no. i feel like the person in those yeah. longer ones the person who goes first loses out because you hear the second person and if you're doing you're going for 15 minutes that's all, you don't remember what the first person said
1: yeah and you have the, a huge advantage in the longer yeah. rounds if you're going second no question i've done one one round battle that was like five minutes for the one rounder and that was actually it didn't ever really drag at any point it was actually pretty fun and that was like a flat earther that i ended up battling so, <laughs> so like a good i had like a good 20 bars of like flat earth material after like the regular stuff leading up to it it was pretty tight awesome.
0: now i want to get into the gambling stuff uh hey became a poker player but really yeah. quick will you and lmack ever battle again or no
1: i mean i think it's there's probably a reasonable chance it just all, all depends right. on someone reaching out to make it happen it was very close to happening in december last december but uh fell through just uh, it didn't i mean it's not even the league's fault that uh, it was supposed to happen on, but some people basically did shady business towards the league which cost them a lot of money and uh there was nothing we could do about it but we were like set to go right. over somewhere and have a really big two on two nice all
2: right um real, real quick one one oh. quick question do you think it's harder to do one-on-one battles or two-on-two uh
1: probably one-on-one because of how good my teammate is for the two-on-twos okay. we always even cut like he says it in one of the first interviews that we ever did after like one of the wrc battles where they were like yo like what's your guy's strategy and this and that and i will like well all i really have to do is just kind of not fuck up because he's not <laughs> gonna fuck up and then we're just not gonna lose and yeah. that's kind of always how i've looked at it like all right well all i have to do is my part Cause I know my teammate is an alien and there's, you know what I'm saying? I don't, it's not, it was never, uh, like a concern, you know, and we all even, especially in the peak of like the freestyle shit, we like functioned on the same wavelength. We, we were able to finish sentences like it was—it was insane. I've never had that with any
0: other person I've ever wrapped. I've never before. seen that. The way you two bounced off each other, like what it the, was, yeah, what, it was ridiculous. It was—we were like, like it the, was
1: like sharing a supercomputer.
0: Yeah. Like I remember crazy. specifically the one in 07 where you battled uh, Dumbfoundland and Satire and you were like, oh, you made Ninja this was a kitten sandwich. And he, bam, right in. That's where my missing cat went. Just Kit like, went. what the <laughs> fuck? Like, how the <laughs> hell? How, f- how, do you, how
2: do you guys even prepare? Like, are you guys on the phone? Are you guys physically together? Like how The do crazy, you
1: do- that's how- another thing too. Yo, that was probably our biggest handicap. Every other team that we battled had the advantage of, for the most part, being from the same town and hanging out with each other in person and building shit ilmac lived in portland i lived in monterey california so we were talking on aol instant messenger pretty often Or talking on the phone when we could and then when like when these events happen though we would literally link up the day or maybe two days before the actual battles happened and We would just like chill, smoke, and be like, So, what do we even know about these guys? (laughs) Well, I guess we're just going to have to take it as it comes, you know? And then we would show up, sort of size up the competition. We would start walking around the venue, and like, I would tell him if I came up with an idea, he would do the same, and we would just sort of build it from there. It was, I mean,
0: the amount of like
1: magic that just fell into place, though, especially the first year, it's it's absolutely crazy. There's I want s- like
0: to. I want to say the one, the one bar that I think changed the face of battle rap when you battled Zest with your Christian Bale line. The Christian for Bale certain, line. That, yeah, that was it. That sure. changed the entire. That was like the, the next step. That yeah. was
1: like because before that, I mean, even six months before that was when I battled Franco and I had the James Vanderbeek mm-hmm. on Eight Grams a tweak, and that was that in itself was like a huge. People were like, "What the." F- Is this guy doing? And then once I hit that switch, I just sort of like figured out. I mean, my like word bank, it was like a Rolodex. Like I I would say a word or a phrase, and internally I can just see a list just going down like like a reverse computer, and I can just pick and pull, pick and pull. And that's, I mean, once I learned how to flip that switch, it, it was like impossible to turn off. It was insane.
0: Now, who was the hardest person you had to prepare for battling? Because I know in the cannabis hold debacle, with disaster, you mentioned that Kruger was tough to prepare for, and he was yeah because it was out. so
1: short. It was hella short notice. The thing, like, we didn't even get that battle confirmed until maybe four days before the event or something like that. And wow, I remember. Being like semi-skeptical, but I wanted to battle on that card because of what it was. So I was yes. like, well, yeah, I'll fucking do it. Like, of course. Like, Gannick was just like, yo, help me out. Like, I got you. Like, I'll pay you X amount. We're good. I was already in LA at the time. So I was. I didn't have to ask for like travel or accommodation or anything. And I could just flat fee, which is even better as a battler always. And uh, Kruger to me was like, the, the thing that made it hard is like, I had known him since Jump Off's inception, because he was a fan. He was a Jump Off mm-hmm. fan since the beginning of the Jump Off era. So I knew that he's the kind of like studied every move type of shit. And for him to accept a battle with me on such short notice means he's, he was ready for it before <laughs> four days was the deadline, you know what I'm saying? Mm. and uh like he had probably just been hypothetically preparing loose ideas or something along those lines maybe and uh yeah i think mostly it was just because it was such short notice that they had told me on the funny thing is nowadays like that's how i prepare now like i i don't start writing until the week of the battle more often than not nowadays but it's but having the comfort of knowing about it for a while, at least, allows me to like build ideas and concepts and sort of mm-hmm. write them down. And then once the week of the battle hits, that's when I start grouping everything together. I start like sort of piecing rounds together and shit. Yeah. Nice.
0: Did
2: so
3: how
2: do? you like back in the di- like now it seems easier. I mean, I could never do it, but it seems easier for you guys to find dirt or just information about somebody through social media through people, YouTube. When yeah, you guys- I mean, just because art- it's. The
1: information era now, I mean, yeah. I mean it makes it, and you, these are folks who now a lot of them I've known 10 plus years or even five yeah. plus years or something like that. Cause I've been battling for King of the Dot alone since like
2: 09 or, or 2010 that, or something like that. That's what I was gonna ask. What about in 09? How did you get this information about people back back then? You know, what People what I mean? would tell,
1: oh, there's always, people would always, there's, there's always people who wanted to be cool who had inside info, people would tell us. Uh, some stuff, some stuff you obviously have to take and embellish. Some stuff just isn't plain true and you just make it sound true. Yeah. A lot of it is like what Ilmax said about our battle like at the end of it. A lot of it is controlling the narrative. And if and if he can make you even think that what he said is for real, then he's done his job because you're even the fact that you're even pondering it. Yeah. You know what
0: I'm saying? Was that the whole where he was uh, explaining what he wrote? That was me. Yeah, that was me. Right, right. So, will you guys ever battle each other again, or that's off the table?
1: I I mean, if it would take, uh, it would take a large sum of money for sure, but like an amount that I don't ever expect
2: anyone to offer.
0: Right. Gotcha. So, how did let's veer into the gambling aspect? How did you get into cards? How did this happen? Like your Twitter handle was like Gambling Pete. Gambling. I was like, what? Gambling battle. yeah, you're, you're, you're like uh, showing stacks of chips on your Instagram. I'm like, wait, when did you become a professional poker player? How did you veer into that?
1: I've been playing for, fuck, at least 15 years now, something like that. I've been playing for a long time. Basically, I started playing at my local card room, like right around when I turned 21, which was like 2002, Maybe I started playing 2003, something like that. And I think it was O three that, pretty sure it was O three that Chris MoneyMaker won the World Series of Poker main event. He was like an amateur player who qualified for the biggest poker tourney in the world at the time. It's like a yearly event, ten thousand dollar buy-in. Yeah. First place was $2 million. This guy qualified on the internet for 30 bucks and ended up winning the tourney for $2 million. Wow. So much insane. like... Yeah, that's, it's the, absolutely that's a pretty good flip, I'm just saying. Yeah. And his name is Chris Moneymaker, which <laughs> yeah. makes the story even right. more wild. And he's just like super humble southern dude from Tennessee. One of the nicest dudes ever. I played with him last year like during the World Series of Poker main event. Super cool guy. And... Uh, amateur player ends up winning it on a stacked final table of like established pros at the time wins it for two million and much like the eight mile boom of battle rap yeah this chris moneymaker winning via online poker qualifier for 30 bucks created the online poker boom and then sites started popping up left Mm -hmm. and right people it was such fast money i've always had uh, a math brain like no uh, numbers have always processed really quick with me I have a pretty freakish memory which is why I'm able to write my rounds it's like so last-minute if I actually need to and still be able to like present them um, but it, it pretty much seemed like a natural fit it was just about figuring out the math and then the the the, the people aspect of the game as well my local card room was full of just Terrible players. So then I started, uh, I downloaded a couple of the poker sites online, started learning online with a couple of like my good friends who are still like some of my best friends to this day. One of them I ended up living with for like seven years, my old roommate drew and we, he and I like more than any of my other friends ended up like, working the hardest on the game together and learning the game together. Because I basically, we got an apartment together when literally neither of us had a job. We just both had a couple grand to our name. We got the apartment approved the week before I went to Scribble 06, which was the first Scribble I won. Then I ended up going out there and winning it and coming back and being like, oh, sick. I can put like somewhat of a poker bankroll together now too. Then 06 WRC happened in Vegas, ended up winning... Uh, we got five a piece for that, yeah. ended up uh, taking my money to, well, not all of it, but I cashed the check that they gave me. Uh, took twenty five hundred to a game at Caesars, which was just like a two five no cap game, a no limit hold'em game. Ended up meeting Tim Duncan, which was super tight, nice. um, and ended up parlaying the twenty five hundred into like just under seven k. And then I was like, okay, we have like a real bankroll here, and that's when I pretty much started playing like. Full time, and then I ended up for a little while in my local card room, getting a job working as a house player, basically. And I was just paid hourly to play to sort of help keep the game going.
0: What's the what, exactly, what, are
1: you, what is that? What's a house player exactly? You're, you're, I'm employed by the casino or by the card room, mm-hmm. but I'm playing with my own money. But they're paying me hourly to be there and to play. I'm basically there. The way the house makes money off of poker. They take a certain amount of money off out of every pot that's dealt. Mm-hmm. Usually it's like 10% up to 50 or 60. So five or six bucks max, some rooms take more than that, they, but any, most rooms take somewhere between three and $6 per hand. When a t- typical table is going to have nine or 10 players. When the table gets down to seven, six and five players, the blinds start coming around a lot quicker, which are eating up player stacks, and uh, you're losing a lot of money to the rake—the three to six dollars every single hand. So the house players—they're called prop players. Prop players are basically there to keep the game full, so that your regulars won't want to leave because they're playing shorthanded and losing wow. blinds so quickly. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. And and I mean, I was playing in a room where the field didn't really have a great understanding of the game. And uh, I, I definitely had an edge in, like, every game I was playing in. Plus, I was making 30 bucks an hour being there. So it was a pretty sweet gig. And then when I ended up winning the next year, I, I just decided to take it off and be like, yo, I'm just going to start playing No
0: Limit on my own. And so did you, ever, did you ever join the World Series? Did you ever do the 10 grand buy-in? Did you join? Oh, yeah, i
1: played not? it, like,
0: uh, I've played it
1: five, six times. How exhausting is that? It's the it's the biggest grind ever yeah. for sure. I've made it 3 days every single time I've played and it is the biggest grind ever. I think I've made day 3 five times and day 2 one time. But it is the biggest it's it is draining. Yeah. You have to be thinking at the most dialed in level you can be basically at all times. Unless you're somehow like lucky enough to get a table full of all people who have no idea what they're doing. But yeah. that's pretty rare in a spot like that. You get a lot of spots, a lot of amateur spots because of what the tournament is. It's, like, such a spectacle.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but, I mean, you're still going to be dealing with, you know, a, a good handful of, like, some of the best pros in the world.
0: <laughs> a lot of a lot of Kirkland pizza for that event, huh?
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was eating good
0: food. I was eating good for that. We were eating sushi
1: every day. Yeah. You know, we were eating, like, thousand dollar sushi meals every day it was (laughs) absurd i was actually on i made like the espn feature table last year oh nice man and the announcer knew who i was as a battler it was dope yeah awesome yeah yeah it was super fire i have Uh, the story like saved on like on my saved stories on my instagram like there's like a 2019 wsop story that's that's saved and it's like the announcer being like, I know this guy. Who is this guy? <laughs> and then, the, and the other commentator has my bio in front of him. And he's like, oh, this is Pete Morris. He's like a resident pro out here in Vegas. And the other guy, Nick Shulman, who's like a poker legend as well. Absolute. Le- like I've looked up to this guy for 20 fucking years. And he's like, no, I know this guy. He's like, this guy looks like the battle rap legend. And he's like, I'm trying to think of his name right now. And then his co-host has my bio in front of him. And he's like wow you're sick this is battle rap world champion <laughs> thesaurus and it's like i fucking knew it it's like i don't need a bio he goes this dude's a legend he's been slaying people for years and then he's he goes as soon as this stream is over go to youtube and pay this man some respects it was so <laughs> it, it, it was the, the highlight of my summer it was so that's fun. awesome
2: I mean, it's awesome. crazy
1: how many people in the poker community follow the battle rap shit. It's yeah. nuts. Like, high stakes pros. I mean, I hit I hit up Nick Schulman after this happened. I hit him up on Twitter and was like, yo, man, like, thank you for the kind words. That shit made my entire main event. And he's like, yo, thank you for what you do. You have no idea how many times, like, me and the high stakes guys will get done with a session and then watch battles for a few hours to unwind. And I'm like... Wait, can you yeah. just tell me that again? Because what? That,
2: that's so <laughs> you know, crazy.
1: what oh, it's so crazy. But I mean, some of the biggest pros in the world like follow the battle rap shit. It's pretty nuts. Yeah, like, I, I don't know that. if you guys follow poker at all, but there's some um, like yeah. some some of the big names like they they follow battling. It's weird to me. Like remember- Daniel Negreanu. Daniel is one of the more well-known poker players in the world. He's a Canadian pro. He's in the movie Bodied.
2: Okay. <laughs> and, like, he,
1: yeah, he, like, helped, be, like, be a part of that. It's it's wild. And there's, like, multiple poker players who helped uh, for body behind the scenes, which is crazy. Right. Does is, wow. Phil, is Phil Helmuth still around? Oh, yeah. I, I played with Phil, like, might have been two years ago now at the Rio. I put a bad beat on him. It was amazing got him to jump out of his seat and start swearing oh so tight (laughs) and then he was hella cool as soon as he found out i was a rapper he was hella cool it was so fucking funny because he's like known for the blow-ups yeah and i i knew as soon as the situation that took place happened that we were going to get a blow up and like even as it's like as the cards are being dealt like i'm tweeting like i'm all in against helmuth and if i lay a bad beat on it right now expect the story you know what i'm saying so basically i get all in for like whatever my stack was at the time it's a very standard spot in tournament poker but i had ace nine i was in the small blind everybody folded to me in the small blind i don't know if you guys play poker but everybody folded to me i have ace nine i have like Less than 17 big blinds, which isn't a lot. And in tournament poker, your your stack size is everything. Uh, I just, Phil Helmuth is also a pretty typically tight player. He plays pretty close to the vest. Ace-9 small blind against big blind is a pretty powerful hand. So I just decided to rip it all in thinking I'm going to take down the blinds more often than not. And worst case scenario, I get called by Phil and I get a story to tell, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) so phil hasn't looked at his hand yet i go all in he looks down at his hand he goes queen 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 i call and he jumps out of his seat and he shoves all his chips in the middle like you see him do in the videos and shit and i'm like oh i can already feel the ace coming i'm like oh this is gonna be so good and we just drill the ace right on the flop and he fucking jumps back like four feet from the table and he's like these motherfuckers just want to give me the fucking chips every time and, he's, and i'm like tweeting just i'm like oh god we're getting the meltdown it's happening it's happening i'm dying laughing and he's like even the fucking game theory idiots aren't shoving all their chips in with ace nine there and everybody at the table dying laughing including me and i'm like fair enough phil and i go i go that might be true but i'm not a game theory player i was like I'm just some rapper clown who's here to have some fun and he like pauses for a second and he's like you're really a rapper and some other dude at the table's like oh Phil this guy's like a world champion battle rapper and Phil goes I fucking like you buddy and he gives me a handshake even even as I'm raking in his chips he's like I fucking like you and then he's like what do you go by I tell him my stage name And then there's another pro at the table named Lane Flack who just has a castle of chips. He has all the chips. And Lane's like, well, yo, if you're a rapper, you got to give us like a little breakdown of what just happened to your boy Phil right there. And I was like, I was like, I'm sorry, Phil. I understand the Ace-9 was way whack. But i'm just trying to end the day with the same stack as lane flack and the fucking table just like <laughs> erupts
0: everybody goes crazy phil
1: puts his arm around me he's like i fucking love this kid it was <laughs> so oh bro it's like it was such a good story i'm
0: so happy i brought his name up to get that oh, story that was my dog. he's yeah, like yeah. the only he's the only poker player name i remembered at this and time. he's like known as the poker brat he's not yeah. like
1: literally he reacts like such a baby when he loses with the best hand it's so amazing
0: no that's a great story man uh, it was tight he was a great sport i loved it bry <laughs> eric anything left for him before we get to our uh, gun to your head
3: i think i that was it covered right. a lot all yeah. right
0: sorry we do something fun here just to ease the mood a bit we have a gun to your head segment uh hey. we're, we're switching it up here you got to choose for one of these things all right we got five each for you. Dude love or dude. Where's my car? Dude love. Nice. Full house, the show or full house in Texas. Hold'em? full house. The hand for sure. <laughs> the rock, the wrestler or the rock, the movie, <laughs> the rock, the wrestler, salt and pepper or salt and pepper. Wow. Tough call
1: <laughs> salt and pepper. Cause I'm a big state guy.
0: Gotcha. Would you rather have sprint service or sprint one mile? Sprint one mile. Yeah, me too, right? Shitty as yes. hell in service. <laughs> Bri, you're up.
3: All right. Tiger Woods or Tiger King? Wow. <laughs> Tiger Woods.
1: I got, I'll go with my boy T. Woods. I saw him win in Pebble. I can't hate uh,
3: him. Wu-Tang or Tang the Drink? Wu-Tang. Okay. Shout
1: out to Method Man. It's the homie.
3: Dr. Dre or Dr. Pepper? Dr. Dre mike tyson or tyson chicken nuggets mike tyson for sure (laughs) and washington the washington nationals or the national anthem wow
1: Uh, the nationals i'm actually happy that they that they ended up winning the ship good eric you're up
2: okay because it it was fire (laughs) yeah super (laughs) mario or mario lopez that's (laughs) fucked up because everyone calls me mario lopez i'm gonna go mario lopez that's my
1: dog that's my avatar on the poker okay. side. I, play.
2: Yeah. I know, I said that earlier, uh, yeah. and then he mentioned that. I was like, that's weird. I didn't plan that. Uh, ready? Lloyd Banks or Wells Fargo? Lloyd Banks. Okay. Uh, would you rather live in Syria for a month or only eat cereal for a year? Wow. <laughs> only eat cereal
1: for a year. That's an amazing <laughs> question. Holy <laughs> shit that is a really good question
2: thank you <laughs> <laughs> eric you're breaking uh, up. all right uh would you rather watch titanic would you rather watch what breaking up uh, yeah, would you rather watch watch titanic or listen to little yachty wow watch titanic <laughs> okay would you rather uh live in 98 degrees weather forever or live to 98 degrees forever Live in
1: ninety. I live in Vegas. Live in ninety-eight degrees forever. For
2: sure.
0: <laughs> All right, sure. thesaurus. Plug yourself. Anything going on, man? We could catch you at your. Uh, great. Beat me.
1: Uh, I'm on Instagram at Uh I just started a Cameo profile. I don't know if anybody knows about the Cameo <laughs> app. But you guys can hit me up on there if you need, like, a custom shout-out or if you want me to roast somebody for their birthday <laughs> or something like that. Mm. I actually have to do one of those tonight, which is going to be super fun. People just give me info on a loved one, and, and we roast them. Um, I'm on Twitter at battle. Uh, I've got a Thesaurus Facebook fan page. Um, download my album, bandcamp.com, or thesauruswins.bandcamp.com. It's easy to find. Thesaurus wins for pretty much everything. Even Thesaurus wins is also uh, my Twitch channel. And once I get a new uh, desktop PC, I'll be back streaming poker on Twitch and like freestyling while I play my tournaments and shit.
0: That's really right. cool, man. Uh yes yeah, I saw your email and it was just like very direct and I was like, Oh, right. That's pretty Yeah, uh, Thesaurus was taken. So yeah. <laughs> I was let's like with, all right.
1: Let's go with world rap champion, yeah, you know. What I'm really saying? Direct,
0: <laughs> man. No, man, thanks a lot for coming on, bro. I really thank you guys it. for having like, me, bro. Thanks. Fun. We watched you growing up, uh so it really is cool yeah, that you man, decided sure. to come on, man.